enjoy treating your customers like a piece of shit because that's how I felt when I went to the Alamo Draft House. Okay? You know what? I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to text in your little crappy-ass theater. It was too f***ing dark in that place for me to find my seat, all right? I was using my phone as a flashlight to get to my f***ing seat. So excuse me for using my phone in USA, United States of America, where you are free to text in a theater. I was not aware that I couldn't text in your theater, all right? I've texted in all the other theaters in Austin, and no one ever gave a fuck about what me I was doing in my fucking phone, all right? And it was on silent. It wasn't on loud. It wasn't bothering anybody. You guys, obviously, were being assholes to me, and I'm sure that's what you do, you know, to rip people off. You take my money, and then you throw me out. You know, I will never be... Coming back to your Alamo Draft House or whatever, I'd rather go to a regular theater where people are actually polite. And, it, you know, I'm going to tell everyone about how you are. And I'm pretty sure you guys are being on purpose. So thanks for making me feel like a customer. Thanks for taking my money.
Phenom Radio is the home of the hottest indie music. Tune into the Phenom Radio Top 20 Countdown, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific. The razor sharp, Foxy. Ray, your paws, Foxy. When the sun. these things, worked for them, and sought a place where they had a better chance of becoming real. For generations, Brockton has welcomed those seeking something better. From those who came in search of opportunity, to today's multicultural population that makes us the most diverse community in all of New England. Brockton is a place where homes are more affordable, communities closer, where a strong and talented workforce fuels the success of businesses big and small, and the vision of a more diverse and equitable America is being realized every day. It's where ideas take root, businesses grow, Communities thrive. New beginnings unfold. And the promise of a better life is kept. Brockton, Massachusetts. Where better begins. She sings when darkness falls. She hears the blackbird call. She looks beyond the walls and she's free You thought I was a sheep and I would fall in line 
master Yoda I am. And listen you must to HulaZoom.com. Tales from the Friends Excuse me. I happen to be passing. I thought you'd might like some coffee. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Well, won't you sit down? Thank you. Cream? No, thank you. I take it black. Like my men. It's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching the booth. We got a lot of people already in the chat. First Tuesdays. Man, I got to thank my brother for coming on the show. Halloween was last week. My brother Kevin Kex Hayes. Thank you to everybody who tuned in and, and watched the show. Got to get into my sponsors. Michael Douglas Barreto, MDB Electronics. If you got a controller, it needs to get fixed. Send it out <coughs> to him. You're back to gaming in 24, 48 hours. Also, Viana Marie's music available everywhere. 494,000 streams of her library. Let's get that up to 500K. Also, Tactical Target Systems. If you want to go to the range and be cool like me and have those zombie targets, life-size, reach out to TacticalTargetSystems.com. Also, I Love Boston Sports. You have a chance if you're in the chat to win yourself a t-shirt. 
Also, Kimberly Ann Empowerment Photography. Deanna Marie is one of the featured uh, models there. Kimberly Ann Empowerment Photography. Also, my new sponsor for 2024, Underwatch Protective Services. If you need mobile patrol, foot patrol, armed guards, unarmed guards, event or pr private security, reach out to Underwatch Protective Services. Daryl Smith, CEO, and um, he's all over our website. And before we get into the news booth, it's election night. Man, I got my two guys on me. Your voice, your vote, election Tuesday. first. And I love the fact that these guys are on first Tuesdays because that means every election night is pretty much going to fall close or near election Tuesday, which is, which is going to be great for us. Um, great stuff. Your voice, your vote. Before I let them introduce yourselves, I got to give a big thanks to all the politicians here in Brockton who showed up to an event that I designed and created and came up with called Vote 48. Uh, the premise of this idea was I was on the train last week after I got off the air and I was thinking, what can I do here in the city of Brockton to help the election, to help voters? And I was watching on my phone. First 48, which is a legal show where they say if you have a murder, you have 48 hours to get all the evidence and be able to catch the person who committed the murder. And I said, well, what if I came up with vote 48? 48 hours before every election, most of us, like me and Ken and Rob, we know who we're voting for 48 hours out. 48 hours out is the undecideds. Those who are on the fence. And my feeling was, was that you don't need to ask questions of these candidates because you've had months and months and months to ask questions. This was going to be a time where those candidates would speak directly to those undecided people. Here in Brockton, we've had some races decided by four votes. We've had races decided by 200 votes. We've had races decided by 100 votes. Some of those could have been swung by the undecided. So I put an invite out with a very short notice, and I still got more than 50% of the field that was going up for election this Tuesday. So I got to thank all of them for coming out. Um, it was a great event. A lot of people said this was a great idea. Um, they want to see it come back in two years when we have our next mayoral election. But I got my guys from the corridor on. Say hello. I'm going to start with Robert Resnick up in the upper left-hand corner. Good evening, everybody. Let's get started. Ken? Hey, everybody. What Rob said. All right, we got a lot of people in the chat. Tim O'Connor, Drunk DJ, Michelle Henson, what's going on? Andrea Fernandez, Sammy Sergio, thank you for hosting the spot on Saturday and Sunday and helping me out. Um, great stuff, but let's get into the first topics here. Um, November is 30-mile walk challenge. Um, I am actually walking a mile a day to raise money for stop soldier suicides. Um this is a big deal to me because, as everybody knows, back in February, Ken knows, um, as of February, I was hit by a car, suffered serious leg damage. Um, I've been through months and months and months of physical therapy, had surgery, and now I'm able to walk. I just got out of physical therapy, so I decided for the month of November to take this 30-mile challenge. Why this means a lot to me is because when me and Ken Diesel were on WXBR WBT, we linked up with 60 Minutes Armin Katayan. And the breaking story on 60 Minutes when he came on our show was to announce 
22 veteran suicides a day. At that time, nobody knew about this. Nobody had heard of this. The VA was just releasing these numbers for the first time, and it was broke on our show. Ken, you want to talk about that real quick? Because you were also part of helping us, you know, get Armin on the show. Um, and, you know, you had this, this thing about the veteran suicides that we had been talking about for a long time. Yes, if everyone remembers, at the time we were doing this, goes back almost 10 years, we were at the height of our involvement with Iraq and Afghanistan. We had a lot of veterans that had done not just one tour, but multiple tours. A lot of these men and women were coming back with massive PTSD. The VA was overwhelmed. These veterans were not getting the services they deserve. And a lot of them didn't even realize that they could get these services. That was even the worst part. It wasn't that not only they couldn't get the services, but a lot of them didn't even know that they were entitled to services, especially psychiatric care. And I think Colonel Resnick can, can speak to this better than I. Uh, there's a very macho culture within the U.S. military not to talk about psychological issues and psychological problems. So at that time, we saw an incredible spike in uh, both drug and alcohol abuse and suicide. And as Keith said, there was at one point that we were losing 22 veterans a day, a day. That means 22 people would pass away within one 24-hour period. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I don't think I can I can actually say outside of my biological family or family I'm married into that I know 22 people that I speak with on a regular basis. Well, Imagine one, of the things that, one of the things that Armand Katayan mentioned, and I'm going to refer this now to R Square because he was a veteran. He's done tours. Um, one of the things I remember that Armin said that stuck out to us is that a lot of these guys were coming home. They were going to the VAs as they should, but it was almost like a pencil whip thing. Like they were, they would just come home. There was supposed to be a process that guys were supposed to go to, the kind of decompress type of thing, but it wasn't happening. Guys were being sent right back out into the public. They weren't getting that decompression period. Can you kind of explain what Armin Katayan was talking about back then and if that's been kind of alleviated now when guys come when when soldiers come home i can't even say guys now because you know we have women men we have everybody in this in the service now yeah i mean certainly in the you know over 20 years since this all started they've gotten much much better about that things have tightened up the programming has improved uh, you know people aren't escaping through uh you know, loopholes or people not paying attention or whatever, it's really, it, you know, it's, it's important. Uh, and there's a lot of evaluation. A lot of people, you know, didn't take it seriously or, or, or got themselves out of it because they, they said, well, I don't, I, you know, I feel fine. You know, I just want to be with my family. I just want to be with my friends. I just want to get back to normal. And, uh, you know, they didn't realize that if they went through some of this programming, they might, you know, learn to really do some introspection. And that's really what it's about. It's introspection to, to know yourself to really take a look at how you're feeling and what you're feeling, to recognize signs that, you know, maybe you think you're just having a bad day, but all of a sudden that bad day becomes a bad week and a bad month, and then you're in a downward cycle that you can't control. So the important thing is not that everybody comes back identifying, oh, I feel this way, I better get help. It's understanding what to look for in yourself, understanding, uh, you know, you're going to come back different. That's inevitable. But but what do you look for? What are the warning signs? Uh, and, and for family members to look to understand what the warning signs are, because if you can catch things up front, you can really make a difference. And if you wait too long, you may never get the chance. And unfortunately, this is what we saw with Maine. 
the situation in Maine where people, 18 people lost their lives to a military veteran who was an NRA instructor and everything, but his commander had turned him in because of some of the things that was going on. And the police actually went to his house and they confiscated his military weapons that he still had. But because Maine rewrote the red flag laws and made them yellow flag laws, they didn't take the guns that he owned personally. The military did everything they should in this situation. They called the authorities. The authorities went in. They took the firearms that were that were his from from being in the military. All that was done. The military did their part. But again, this was this was done. I, I blame Maine. I blame Maine, and I blame these two A advocates who were using scare tactics. And this is why Ken has always said on this show. The, the laws for gun ownership needs to be nationwide. It can't be state to state with all this red tape where we see things like this happen here. And, you know, what happened in Maine would never happen here in Massachusetts because we have the red flag laws. Not only would he have had his, his military guns taken, but his personal guns would have been taken too, correct, Ken, under that red flag? Oh, absolutely. And and we have a number of red flag laws red flag laws and not only that we also have laws that prevent people from actually even getting a gun permit under certain situations and it's funny you should mention that there's a very interesting case in the new in spring court now which is which has gone on the radar i can't believe it but texas has a law believe it or not they say that texas has a red flag law concerning domestic abuse and the person mm. the gentleman who was charged under that statute is challenging the constitutionality of that statute. And the Supreme Court could, in fact, rule that all those red flag laws are now unconstitutional. Really? If you can believe that. Yes. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. like no, that that's... at all. Be because, you know, like I said, this gentleman here, he would have he would have not have been able to have those guns. They would have had to take all those guns if they had that. Because, right. like I said, his commanding officer had called, called it in. Um, his family members had said, hey, he's talking in a certain way. This is going to happen. And it was just so much stuff that was ignored and fell through the circle. You know, it's just bad. Well, Oscar, keep in mind. Yeah, keep in mind. I mean, everything you guys are saying is correct, of course. And uh, we're all waiting to see what the court's going to do in this case. They just heard the argument. Um, but what's interesting about the, the this this case is, yeah, a lot of people did what they were supposed to do. And, and keep in mind, he was inpatient. They actually evaluated him. They put, they put him in inpatient and evaluated him because he was known to have schizophrenia. And the question is, did he go off his medication? Um, what happened during, you know, obviously he's got privacy rights, but I'm saying, you know, he what something went wrong in this inpatient treatment he received because he was released and there, there doesn't seem to have been proper follow-up. The voices got worse. And what they were predicting was, you know, the voices seemed to be, you know, pushing him to violence or something that led authorities to believe he was going to do something very similar to what he did and, and therefore you know what happened during that inpatient treatment i'm not saying anybody did anything wrong because there you know you can't just snap your fingers or give somebody a pill and it's right, fixed right you know right. people have to want help they have you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into this i'm not casting blame on anyone it's just that's that seems to be to, to me excuse me to be what you know what the missing link is here you know what happened in that treatment um you know did you know, why didn't it work, I guess? Or, or you know, it just seems like he got right out. So, 
Yeah, uh, Andrea Fernandez asked, wasn't oral arguments about that case heard today at the Supreme Court? Yes, yes. Um, Ken did yes, talk they about were. that. Yep, Ken just talked about that. Um, and then we have this other mass shooting that just happened where the boy had mental health issues, but his father, his father signed off and purchased the guns for his kid knowing that his kid had mental issues and made threats. Your feelings, guys, on this. Should parents be charged when you knowingly know your kid has mental issues and you still sign off on them to purchase firearms? Should that parent be held accountable for murder? Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry. There are statutes which you can be charged with aiding and abetting both before and after the fact. And if you give a firearm, especially someone on the age of 18, knowing they have mental illness, that's joint venture. That's conspiracy. That's 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 you know aiding and abetting. I squid. Yeah, there there is clearly parental liability laws in a lot of states, and even if you don't have a specific parental liability law, the very fact that they provided weapons to somebody that they knew or should have known, and in this case knew, to be unstable, you know, as a mental health issue, uh, that puts them criminally liable. Uh, you know, the charge could be manslaughter. It could be interesting. Now, keep in mind, you know, from several years ago, you had that Michigan kid, right, that shot up the school. What was it, a junior yeah. high school or a middle school? And his parents have been, are being prosecuted. That case is ongoing, as I understand it. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this is this is the state of the law. So they bought the firearms from Walmart. They bought the handgun yeah. from Walmart. Yep, I remember that one. Yeah. So I am doing my walk, everybody. 30 mile walk for the month of November. I have to walk a mile a day. So if you want to go over there and drop $5, $1, it's whatever. Um, but it, again, it's for a good cause. Uh, the MBTA Charlie Card website is ending. You will not be able to load money onto your Charlie Card on their website. Here's what I'm going to say to that one, people. Good riddance. <laughs> it is the worst website in probably the history of public transit websites. I commute every day. Um, you put the money on the card. And then they tell you 24 to 48 hours that that money that you put on there will show up on your card. Well, here's the stupidest thing about this. When I'm going through the machine every week and then I see I only have a dollar ninety left, I want to be able to go to the website, put that money in the card and have that money on the card when I'm coming back home or going to work the next morning. I shouldn't have to wait 24, 48 hours in this day and age when everybody else has stuff and hits your card right away. Cash app right away. So um, they've eliminated this website. Um, Charlie Card is going through this huge revamp, and I'm praying and I'm hoping that Charlie Card will go to just being an electronic card on your phone that you could just upload money to and use Apple Pay and just tap your phone. There's no reason to have a plastic card. Just everybody's got a cell phone. Just tap your phone at the fare box or tap your phone at the at the entryway and go from there. It's just it's it, sometimes the MBTA just pisses me off. Sullivan Tire. How many of y'all know Sullivan Tire? Huge, huge tire company. The family is winding down the business. Guess what they've decided to do? Sullivan Tire is going to sell the franchise to the 1,600 employees as they are getting ready to bow out from the industry. This is a first. This is something that's never heard of, and I applaud them. I applaud somebody. You know, most people come to the employees and say, hey, we're closing down. You got to find someplace else to work. 
that's it, we're retiring. This is a business that's now going to allow their employees to take that business over. Um, anybody have any thoughts on that? What you feel about that, Ken? I mean, it's it's a hell of a challenging thing. I just hope to God the employees are able to run it efficiently. Is all I can say. But that's me. I mean, there's got to be a lot of legal tape behind this to do this. But I mean, I think it's different. Go ahead, R Square. It, it's not unusual. It's going to be run by a management company. It's not like employees have any day to day involvement in anything. They just they're owners, like stock owners. That's all it is. It's a management company. It may involve some of the same people that are already running it, except for the Sullivan family that are you know selling and retiring. They could have sold it to you know. I'm sure somebody would have bought it if they. It's not like oh, it was yeah. going to go out of business. So somebody would have bought it, and you'd be in the same situation now. It's just the employees have stock ownership now, so they can control the board. Uh, you know when there's a vote but they're not going to have any day-to-day -day involvement they wouldn't be able to it's going to be in very interesting to see uh andrew fernandez says just like the m ticket shows on the phone yeah i would love to see them legal booth i held this one because this one is crazy uh britney spears lawyer says he's the king of entertainment litigation <coughs> the problem here is is that her lawyer has milked seven million dollars from him with nothing to show and i was confused but i guess when he was able to get the father and his lawyer to step away from full conservatorship, um, there were a lot of accusations about cameras in the house and this and that. And now I'm hearing that the court has said that her lawyer has lost, I guess they're weeks away or months away for losing the statute of limitations to file his case, which could put the father and his lawyer back in control of her conservatory, which she's been a hot mess. I always thought the statute of limitary was seven years, but I guess not in this case. Why is it, why was it so short? I was wondering if you guys could answer that for me. The standing statute of limitations in most cases is, is a five-year statute, and then the legislature can make exceptions. So there are certain offenses like murder, uh, rape of a child, where the statute of limitations is longer or or doesn't even have one but the mm -hmm. average statute of limitations is five years okay so it has it has been close to that um that this battle has been going on so yeah that would be about right that would be about right five years so damn so we could be seeing the father and the lawyer back in there um sam bankman fried was convicted of fraud in the ftx collapse For those who don't know that's the crypto the big crypto collapse the problem here is is that He's been convicted of fraud. Now there is a whole slew of celebrities that he was connected to who were in his commercials, who were selling this crypto. I believe Tom Brady is one of those people. Giselle is tied up into this, I believe. Um, this is what's going to happen here. Who, who knows? This is, this is going to get ugly. This is going to get ugly. And then before I get into Trump's legal woes, January 6th defendant in the Washington courtroom he's found guilty he's ordered that he's going to be taken to jail turns into a full blown incident in the courtroom between these people um, and part of this I blame this guy here Donald Trump who's now in court in New York for his civil fraud trial on his real estate but he's also got another big trial going on down in Georgia and he's been getting he's been getting beat up um, I, I left this story here because I wanted to talk about it with these guys. First of all, we've got this fraud trial. We've got the way he's acting in court. The way he's been acting in court 
I think ties into why this person acted the way he did in court because Trump is having no respect for the courtroom. He was issued a gag order. He's now violated the gag order multiple times. Um, they felt like he put a threat out to the judge and he was warned on Friday. His team was warned on Friday and the rumors were that his lawyer, his own lawyer threatened to step down because they, Trump is just this loose cannon in the courtroom. Um, I squared you, you're a JAG officer. You've been in the courtroom. I'm going to go to you first and then I'll go to the defense attorney. Yeah. First of all, Forget the gag order thing, because it doesn't even matter, because the things that uh, that Trump is saying would be a problem with or without a gag order. Quite frankly, you're not allowed to make threats. You're not allowed to say some of the things he's saying. Absolutely. Everybody has a has a right to, to free speech, you know, Trump included. But not everybody, and certainly defendants or, or parties to a, a court case, have to follow court rules and court decorum, and there are certain limitations, and that's gone on for decades. This has nothing to do with Trump. It has nothing to do with you know, 2023. This is the way that things have been for a long time. And so you know, if you have issues, you raise them in court. If you don't like the results in court, you have appeals. Uh, you know, There's a process in place here. Uh, and the, the, the difference is that you know, I guess two major differences. You know, the first one is because he's a former president, it does raise complications about what you, you know, even though the judges have the authority to do certain things, put him in jail for contempt, you know, do other things, revoke his bail. You know, I'm talking about the multiple cases, not just the New York case. And, you know, it's just, it raises logistical problems and they're all trying to put that off and and hope that they don't. Plus it'll, it'll have blowback on them politically because no matter what the truth is, truth doesn't matter anymore. It's, it's, it's just going to get complicated. The other aspect of it is that, you know, the the Trump brand, this whole MAGA crap that we that we have to endure is is political violence. That's what MAGA is. It's a political violence movement. It's a political extremist violent movement. It's not about ideology. They don't have positions on issues. They just have positions on political violence. And so, you know, the the outburst that he has, he knows he's guilty or liable in all of these cases. He doesn't have any legal defenses to any of these cases. The only strategy he has is playing to his base and trying to uh, trying to get public opinion or create enough doubt that people would go to the streets for him or or have doubts about the validity of the process. Let me tell you something. If anybody's paying attention, you know that every one of these processes is working to the letter because there's so much scrutiny on them. You know, it is not a conspiracy. For this to be a conspiracy, you would have to have about 10,000 people in the federal government, in the Department of Justice, the FBI, other federal agencies, uh, all of Trump's White House appointees who worked for him for his four years, You'd have to have uh, people in the uh, attorney general's office of New York, the district attorney's office of New York City, the district attorney's office of Fulton County, um, you know, offices all over. You've got thousands of police officers who did investigations and and all the people who have been working in prosecutions. And and yet there's not a single person who has come forward with any evidence of a conspiracy. It's all garbage. And Trump knows that he has no defense to any of this. The only thing he can do is get the violence out there to get the people in the street for him because he gets off on that. 
And so this is all of his outbursts, everything that he's doing in court has nothing to do with defending himself or working the issues in court. He'll have his legal teams appeal these things for 50 years. He'll be dead long before these cases get resolved. The issue is about political violence. And that's all he's going for right now. And that's the shame of this whole thing. And that's the danger of this whole thing. And it's crazy because, you know, Ivanka's about to take the stand um, later this week, and we already know where she's headed. She She's not a fan of her dad. Um, she's already come out and said if she has to take the stand, he's not going to like what she has to say. Now, I said this when he got elected. Ivanka and her husband were staunch Democrats. People forget this. Ivanka Trump was a Democrat. They gave a lot of money to the Democratic Party, but she benefited from that Trump name as far as her business goes. So it's going to get real interesting to see um, how she feels now, Ken, um, your thoughts, because like I said, this, this courtroom stuff has just been crazy. Like he's been really pushing the envelope. I seen one where I, I forget somebody had come out and said, Hey, you know, the judge needs to do this because he, he is really, you know, he's leaving the courtroom and saying stuff after being told not to do it by his counsel. Yes, yes Absolutely. Let me just say, if any of my clients ever acted like that, they'd be in jail right now on a contempt violation. There are certain things you cannot say in court. And I'm saying this as somebody who's been practicing criminal law for 30 years. And I'm a little embarrassed that he's not in jail. He should have been held in contempt a long time ago. Oh, okay. He should. His, 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 his attitude has been contemptuous. He's been told by the judge to sit down and be quiet in a court proceeding. Disrupting court proceeding is not a criminal offense. They can hold you in contempt just as a matter of contempt for up to a year. In so why have they done what, that? What, what, who, because they're scared of the backlash. Rob, Rob pointed out, R-Square pointed out, the brand is so powerful, they're scared of the political backlash. And if you look at all of the January 6th uh, combatants, is what they are, right. these weren't people, people protesters, they're getting hit with 60-month sentences. And, you know, because they're not Trump and they don't understand that they can't act like Trump and get away with it. He's getting away with murder, literally. Now, my only hope is eventually at the end of the day, he goes to jail and they do not grant him a stay of execution of his sentence. Wow. Uh, but yeah, wow. no, there's no question about it. This, If this had been one of my clients, he'd be in jail right now. There's no question about it. Wow. Wow. It's, it's scary. It's scary I, to watch and, I'm going to keep my eye on this because, you know, we, we've got a lot of stuff coming down. Um, the Georgia stuff is getting ugly. Um, he didn't show up to the debates because of this. He's been he's been told by his team to not to attend the Republican debates, which is playing out for him because he hasn't attended either of the debates. And we've already had major players drop out. I think we're, we're down to three Republicans right now. Five. Uh, five? Five, yep, because I know Pence has dropped out. So um, who who do we have left? Who we who are the five? Nikki Haley, correct? Is yeah, one. Nikki Haley, DeSantis. Ron DeSantos, um, Vivek Ramaswamy, the, Chris Vivek, Christie, yep, yeah. uh, Asa Hutchinson. That's five, but I don't know if they're the five that are going to be in the debate. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to see. It's going to get real interesting here. Um, they're saying that um, Trump doesn't want to debate DeSantis if it comes down to that. They said he's he's a little nervous about that. He doesn't want to debate anybody because he still doesn't understand the first thing about any U.S. policy. 
As president, right. he never learned policy, never cared about policy. It was all performance art. It was all about right. enriching himself. It was all about exactly. authoritarianism. It, he never – so he can't debate a Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley or a Chris Christie, any one of those three. And I'm no fan of DeSantis. I think he's – I don't think he's that intelligent. But uh, Haley, Christie, and DeSantis would run such circles around Trump, even in a one-on-one, he would never recover. He would be so embarrassed if he showed up at a debate with any of these people. I mean, do you remember the last time he was in a debate at the I mean, no one cared because everyone thought he was a clown and a joke. No one took him seriously. But remember the debate from I think it was five, five or six years ago when Trump first got into the presidential primary. He got slaughtered. Mm -hmm. He was an embarrassment. People were joking about it. But no, again, no one cared because he was a TV personality. No one gave a damn. Mm. Yeah, it was a branding Mm. exercise. You know, I'd yeah, like to Andrea, we're one... trying to get the fifth person. Andrea posted the same thing that. Well, I, just... I listed five names, but I don't know if they're the five people who qualified for the debate. There may have been somebody right. else who snuck in there. Um, I, I, you know, I want to say one thing because I haven't been able to write anything on the corridor for a while. I'm just overwhelmed with everything I have to do. But, uh, you know, it, it, I think I, I've written significantly, and we've talked about it on the show. The the reasons that Donald Trump is not qualified to be president. We just covered a couple of them. His lack of interest in policy and authoritarianism and everything else. The other day, I don't know how many people listening paid attention to this. I'm sure the two of you did. When Trump referred to the January 6th people who have been convicted and and sentenced as hostages. You guys remember that from the other day? Yep. Yep. That to me may be one of the most disqualifying things he's ever said or done uh, that should bar him from anybody voting. And, you know, again, I go back to Republicans. You've got choices to make. And if you're hell bent on voting for Trump and if you're still going to vote for Trump after that comment, then, you know, you really have a big problem in, in understanding, you know, anything about the law, anything about this country, because to, to refer to people who were properly investigated, properly sent, you know, tried in court publicly, uh, sentenced properly. There's not a single thing you could point to in these cases that was erroneous or unfair. The sentences were light. They weren't even heavy, as we've talked about on the show. And Trump is referring to them as hostages. That is just despicable. It is singularly disqualifying for anybody, Trump or anybody else who would say that, to hold any elected office, let alone be in the White House. I can't say Mm. it strongly enough, but I'll defer to Ken. (laughs) <laughs> who's giving uh, me the look. Fernandez put in the chat. She said Tim, Tim Scott was the last one. Tim Scott, right. Thank you, Andrea. Yeah, we've got exactly. The Santos, Haley, Ra- God, I'm going to miss Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy, excuse me. Chris Christie and Tim Scott. Yeah, Asa Hutchinson didn't qualify for the debate. Nope, he didn't qualify. Doug Berman didn't qualify. And neither did... Uh, Ryan Binkley. Wow. Breaking news, people. I'm just going to announce this breaking news. In the medical field. Huge breaking news in the medical field. Elon Musk. Brain implant startup has been approved for surgery. For those who don't know, if you ever seen kind of like the movie The Matrix, where the implants were put into people's into cerebral cortex where you could learn things like the snap of a finger. That's kind of an exaggeration. But Elon Musk has this chip that you can put into the brain and it's supposed to help with people who are paralyzed or people who have lost limbs and things of that sort. It's been approved. Uh, That's the breaking news. 
Business Week has broke that news. Um, that's going to be one I'm going to. I'm actually going to keep my eye on between that and the AI people. Future is the future is coming really fast at us. What you've seen in movies for years is coming real quick. Boom Squad Radio, thank you, Bobby. I see you watching the show. Boom Squad Radio, there's the shirt they sent me for my birthday a couple of weeks ago. Cool stuff there in the entertainment booth. Sinister One Productions, oversized load. That is Oscar Mike Radio's production company, Travis Protitons. Big news for him. Oscar Mike Radio is going to be featured in Exceptional Parent Magazine every month. Travis is overseeing their monthly veteran military section of their magazine. Exceptional Parent Magazine is sent to pretty much all of the schools across the nation. It is a free magazine for anyone. So please go on over to Exceptional Parent Magazine. Sign up. It's free. You get it every month. There's a lot of great stories in there. Last month's featured story was about a child with autism. Um, and as I said, Travis will be going every month. He'll be the featured guy to feature the military thing of the month in that magazine. Also, in big news, big, big news, uh, Travis posted, uh, Oscar Mike Radio, Travis Prining had said, it may not be, it may not be a podcast or a video show. But whatever you are thinking about as your thing, I would say to do it. Do it with 100% effort and determination, with no expectation of reward nor compensation. Travis is a, a Marine. Um, I've been doing his show for going on to eight years now. And um, we're pleased to announce that Oscar Mike Radio and Travis Protington's show will be featured on C-SPAN this Saturday, Veterans Day, 9-15, Travis Protington will be a special guest host to talk about Oscar Mike Radio, his podcast, and how he got started um, with this podcast. One of the things that they talked about when they reached out to Travis was the quality of this podcast and how this podcast has come about. So we're very proud and happy. So big kudos to Travis. So please, people, make sure to tune in to C-SPAN on Saturday morning, 9.15 Eastern Time to see Travis Prodington. I'm going to be putting up a phone number um, so people can call in. This is going to be a call-in show. Um, so if you want to call in and, and give Travis some kudos while he's on C-SPAN Saturday morning on Veterans Day, Please do so. Stacy Thomas, thank you for tuning in. Sheila Nelson, thank you for tuning in to the show. We got a lot of people in the chat. Um, also in the entertainment booth, Disney Plus has bought Comcast's last 8.6 billion share, which means Disney Plus is now the sole owner of Hulu. It's going to get interesting to see. Lauren Hill addresses being late to her shows. Lauren Hill has been notorious for people buying concert tickets. And she's made people wait in up to almost two hours for her show. And there are a lot of people out there defending her and saying, hey, you're not guaranteed a certain amount of time when you buy tickets for a concert. Well, I, 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 I tend to disagree, guys. If I'm spending $250 for Motley Crue to see Motley Crue play, I want at least an hour of a concert. I, and I get it. You're not. Nobody's ever made the rules of what we are supposed to legally kind of get for a concert or whatever. But I feel like we need to get our money's worth. One of these stories came out that people waited two hours. She came out and she did a 40-minute set and bounced. 
And a lot of people are like, well, that's her. You know, this is how she is. It's hard for her to get on stage. Blah, blah, blah. I, I feel like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm calling BS, guys. If you pay for a concert ticket, what do you guys think you should get? R squared, when was the last concert you went to? It was a while ago. I haven't gone in, in many years. Um, you know, I guess the, the trick is this. First of all, whatever you're going to get, it should start pretty close to on time. It shouldn't start two hours late. Whether she's going to play 30 minutes or three hours, you shouldn't have to wait two hours for it to start. So that's the first thing. So that, that criticism would be valid no matter who the artist is. Um, obviously, anything could happen one time, but to be perpetually late like that is just grossly unprofessional and unfair to concert goers. Uh, the other thing is, as far as how long they should play, you know, look, if you if you're going to spend your money that way, then that's that's the risk you that's the risk you get. I mean, there, there isn't a, a strict regulation about it. And, you know, sometimes they have uh, other acts that are performing and that eats up some of the time and they do that on purpose. Um, you know, I, I saw a show that had three headline groups that played and none of them played long enough because they were all great. And it was a three hour show. And that was an amazing uh, performance that I went to. I really enjoyed it. But that was over lickety split because you had three groups for three hours but you know Ken, your thoughts i agree look if the, if the concert is supposed to start at a specific time it should start at a specific time i'm not going to give everyone a minimum amount of time these entertainers got to be on stage but you know it should be enough to make their fans happy <clears throat> it shouldn't be two hours late for anything yeah yeah if you're in the chat drop it in there I know, and sometimes people are just big fans of somebody that they just don't care. They just don't care. Uh, Cinemax, which is now Max, because HBO bought them out, um, has The Penguin. I'm going to be showing that trailer at the end of the show tonight, so you want to make sure to stay tuned. I'm going to show the official trailer for The Penguin. This, actually, storyline takes place after Gotham has been flooded <clears throat> by the Riddler, if you've seen this latest Batman movie. So this storyline takes place after... Gotham has been flooded, and the Penguin is still out there. So this is going to be very interesting. Colin Farrell reprises his role as the Penguin. I'll be showing that trailer to close out the show tonight. Also, Godzilla Minus One. I'm going to be showing you guys the final trailer for that after the Penguin. I'm hoping that I can get these guys to go with me on November 29th. That is the American early release day. It actually opens here in America on December 1st. Um, but they're having an early release with a special shirt and cup and stuff at certain theaters. Boston Commons is the closest. Godzilla Minus One trailer. I will be showing that to close out the end of the show. So please stay tuned. The political standpoint of this movie, I was explaining it to Rob off air, is um, Minus One is a government term. Minus One is when you've had something happen so bad and then something worse happens and it puts your government and political... And, and civil status is minus one. We just dropped a bomb in Japan in this storyline. Um, and Godzilla attacks just days after the atomic bomb being dropped. Um, so the trailer is insane. They're getting a lot of kudos. Uh, they're releasing it here in America. It's the first time since, I forget what year it was, the last time a Godzilla movie, a Japanese Godzilla movie was released here. But it's going to be a big deal, and I can't wait to see it. Um, in the sports booth, rest in peace. This is one of the coaches that that it, it was Bob Knight and um, Georgetown head coach who got me into watching um, Alan Thompson. I forget what was John, what was John Thompson. John Thompson, 
Georgetown, it was at that time where kind of the coaches were bigger than the sport. You had all these guys in NCAA, and it was probably the only sport where the coaches were bigger than the players themselves. Uh, Bob Knight was a guy who threw chairs around, argued with reps, snatched up. I, could you imagine Bob Knight snatching up some parent's player kid in college today? They'd be all pissed off. But Bob Knight used to grab kids by the head if they did something stupid. But that was that's how it was back then. The NCAA was no it was no joke back then. I saw you nodding your head, R squared. Anything you wanted to say about Bob Knight? Oh, I. I, I... You know, I remember that era, you know, when I got into college basketball, too, and I remember some of the greats. You said John Thompson at Georgetown. You had Louis Carnesecca, Raleigh Massimino, Jim Valvano, um, you know, even Bayheim at Syracuse, who would be boring in comparison to them, was a legendary coach. And then you had Coach K develop at at Duke and, you know, Roy Williams. It's just that that's a lost era. You know, you're never going to get a cast of characters like that because people don't stay put anymore. And uh, the game is different. You're just not going to get that anymore. And it was so like I said to people who weren't around, I, I, I when I say the coaches were bigger than the players themselves. Uh, that's not that's 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 not an understatement. This is that's truth, Ken. <laughs> oh, good God! I mean, the coaches were the program back in the day. But like you said before, a lot of them stayed there for twenty or thirty or sometimes even forty years. They didn't go. It isn't like today. And oh, it's hard to it's hard it's hard to explain unless you lived through that era. Ah. You know. That, it was crazy. Marquee, Mar- so so like for those who don't get it, so like when you used to see an NBA game and it used to be Jordan versus the Knicks and it would be, you know, Jordan against Isaiah Thomas and Detroit Pistons, the NCAA matchups would be the, the head coaches. That's yeah. kind of how they promoted the games was the coaches well, versus the, coaches. You got to remember, back in that day, you didn't have the McDonald's tournaments for the players. You didn't have... You know these kids being recruited in the elementary and middle school. Most of the players at the college level, even the elite levels, no one knew who they were. Maybe, maybe a senior or two would be standing out, but that's about it. So the only people people knew were the coaches. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, that's true because really, the real first big draft class that really focused on college players was that Jordan. That Jordan yeah. draft was huge. You had Michael Jordan. You had Charles Barkley. You had that draft was Dan Marley. That draft was stacked. And that's, I think, is when the focus point of the NCAA kind of started leaning from the coaches and started focusing on the players was that draft because it was such a huge player draft. There was a lot of attention on that draft. And Ken, you're right. If I'm not mistaken, that draft was fed by that was the start of those years yeah. where they had the McDonald's tournaments that, that and is, things of that sort. Exactly. You know, I mean, they always had. Let me, let me just phrase that: they always had the McDonald's tournaments, but the only people who knew about them were the people who actually involved. Because McDonald's been funding that tournament for years. There was no press coverage. There was no television coverage. Maybe if you were lucky. You got a newspaper clipping. The only reason I knew about it is we sent one, one of the guys who I grew up in a place called Ramsey, New Jersey. One of our players was 
um, in the tournament and you actually got recruited for the prep team for Georgetown, not mm. the varsity team, the prep team. And that was like, my God, that was the biggest story in, in Ramsey, New Jersey history. Now he never played varsity Georgetown. He never played in the NBA. And that's the only reason I knew about this tournament because Bob Beagle, that was really his name. Robert Beagle was, uh, was the high school varsity coach. And he was a good friend of my mother's. Mm-hmm. And I went to him and I couldn't understand what the big deal was. He explained it to me what this yeah. was. Now, this was this was the mid-80s, 83. So, again, nobody even knew about this unless you were playing in it. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing Bill Curley's son uh, played here when it was here. That, that used to come here quite a time. Uh, also, here in Brockton, regional playoffs. Brockton Junior Boxes has reached the regional playoffs. The B8, B12, and B10 are all heading to Connecticut this weekend uh, to try and bring home a championship march. Also, the cheerleaders are on their way to, I believe, Florida, so they've got a GoFundMe set up. It kind of stinks because these girls, they, they they really haven't fundraised. They don't know if they're going to Florida, so it's always a last-minute thing. So if you own a business and you want to step up and show your support for these girls to get to Florida, the Brockton Cheerleading Squad, please go to the Brockton Junior Boxers website and they they have a GoFund link set up on their Facebook page. Also this past weekend Patriots lost 20 to 17 at home against the Washington Commanders. Could have been a pass caught, could have been a converted first down, goes right through the hands of Juju Smith-Schuster, interception, game over. Um the Patriots are now 2 and 7. They're headed to Indianapolis in Germany to take them on and um you know, it's just it's a crazy week. People are talking about firing Belichick. Look, the guy's 2-7 and seven right now. You all are spoiled. They're not going to fire Belichick. I'll be damn surprised if they fire Belichick midseason or during this season. First of all, he's going to take a front office job. That's going to be it. Um, but this week, let's be honest here, people. The NFL this week, after weeks and weeks and weeks of craziness, was kind of tame. Kansas City beat Miami. Minnesota beat Atlanta as they should. Baltimore beat Seattle as they should. Cleveland stomped all over Arizona. Green Bay beat the Rams. I I, I want to say that might be a little bit of an upset there. Houston beat Tampa Bay. That wasn't no surprise. Um, New Orleans beat Chicago. No surprise there. Indianapolis beat Carolina. Really no surprise there. Unfortunately, Las Vegas, who fired their guy, Josh McDaniels, they come in with a new coach. What happened? They go in and they beat the Giants 30-6, to which I had thought the Giants would beat a new coach, but sometimes that's how it is. Teams want to get fired up. Um, and you guys are battling injuries, right? You still got a couple of injuries down there in New York? Yeah, I mean, you know, they had a third-string quarterback playing, which is never a good yeah. recipe for success, but that whole team is, is a mess, and, you know, this season's a loss. We knew it was going to be. Brian DeBall? There's some talks about him possibly being held to the fire. Do you think that's coming or no? I would. Th- I think that's a big mistake. Here's why. Now, first of all, you know, he, he was everybody's hero last year, so everybody shut up and remember that. But the, the idea is this. You can't keep switching coaches because you have to give a coach a few years to get their system in place, to get their players, you know, to do all the things. You can't expect a turnaround in one season. If you do, then it wasn't the coach anyway. So – you know, they made some mistakes with coaching. They made some mistakes with GM. Uh, it, it takes years to recover from those mistakes. 
leave Dayball in place. I wouldn't blame him if he quits at this point, but I wouldn't fire him. I would give him another few years because bringing in another coach, you're just starting from scratch again, and the team's going it, to – it's just not you, – you just can't do it. I'll, I'll right. leave it at that. Philly beat Dallas. I know <laughs> I know. Ken's happy about that. <laughs> Squid's happy about that. My son was happy about that. And Jalen, Jalen Hurts played hurt, and he still got the job done 28-3. It was an ugly game, but they still got it done. Cincinnati beat Buffalo 24-18. Right now, the AFC North, all four of their teams are playoff ready because it looks like no one may make it from the AFC East except for whoever takes that AFC East title, which would be Miami. But like I said, Miami lost to Kansas City, so it's going to get real interesting. Uh, Ken, you wanted something to add there? Yeah, let, let me just say something. Uh, I know people are going to yell at me. I've said this before. Dallas is one of the most overrated teams in the NFL. They got the beating they deserve. Now, let me tell you, hats off, I agree, with the AFC North. I don't know what they're putting that water out there, but can I get some of that? Because all four of those teams are on goddamn fire. Oh, yeah. my God. I haven't seen the AFC North this competitive since it was known as the AFC Central back in the 80s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. Browns. And and yeah. big up to, to, to Dobbs. I talked about Dobbs getting traded last week. He goes into Minnesota. He He's running his cadence just before the game with his center because he had just arrived a couple of days before. And this kid is winning. He's winning games. Out the, the craziness. So big ups to him. Richard Sherman, he come out this weekend. He said, I'm very frustrated with the officiating in the NFL. Too many things are being determined by the refs. We've seen this. We've been complaining about this all season. We had a Pats-Miami game where there was a ton of stuff that was questionable. Is there something going to be done in the offseason with these officiating crews? I do know that they do fire officials, but the record is not public. The NFL will not release and make this record public. They do track each officiating team. They do track the bad calls. They do track the issues that happen in games. So they know. The NFL is fully aware. That the key here is that, one, it's not to be made public. Two, the reason why I feel like this is a big issue right now is because gambling is now everywhere online. And Vegas, for the longest time after UNLV... They didn't want any professional teams in Vegas. Now, all of a sudden, we have gambling everywhere and online and on your phones. And all of a sudden, everybody has a team in Vegas all of a sudden. NFL has a team in Vegas. Baseball has a team in Vegas. NHL has a team in Vegas. NBA is about to get a team in Vegas. So why are we all of a sudden having teams in Vegas? And I, I hate to say this, but sometimes I got to put my tin hat on and say it's all in cahoots. And that's And I hate to say that, but that's... When I have to think about this and why, I think it's it's all about generating money. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, you're not going to keep What's teams up? out of Vegas. The city is growing. It demands sports teams. You've got venues. You have fan bases. Uh, teams were failing in other locations and wanted to move to Vegas where there was at least some money to put into it. But you, I think you answered it yourself there, uh, Sinister One, because the fact is that Ve that the gambling doesn't take place in Vegas anymore. It takes place in yeah. every state, every city, on everybody's damn phone. And so it doesn't matter about having teams in Vegas anymore because the reasons that they were leery about it went away. Ken? Exactly. And you're right. 
what you said before, it's all about the money. It's all about the bucks. It's all about the dollars. It always has been. And Vegas, as Rob pointed out, is a growing market. If they're going willing to throw money at these teams, they'll put them there. Hell, they put they would put a team in Oshkosh if the money was right. And here's the funny thing. I feel sorry for the mafia because <laughs> there's no more running down the corner in the north end and placing a bet <laughs> or parlay because now half these people could do it on their phones now because that was that was another one of the big parts of how the mafia made their money was was the gambling racket. And they, this is pretty much I'm pretty sure this has pretty much killed the mafia as far as making money. I mean, this is unless they develop apps, unless they get into apps. And, and do it that way. So let's uh, we got 753. Let's get into Biden bombshells. I held this story over from last week because I got to put my tin hat back on. Um, there have been some stories coming out of Russia from a couple of tinfoil sites and one kind of legit site. Um, but the rumors and the stories out of Russia have been that Putin is dead. Um, we know he's been battling his health. He's had some supposed alleged cancer issues and some some other things going on. Um, and the word is, is that he has passed away and that he is now having his spot fulfilled by political doppelgangers, lookalikes. Um, my thing is, is that if this was true, um, I don't think America would keep that secret. I think the CIA or FBI or whoever would be behind the scenes would get that information confirmed. And I think they would release that information. I don't think... U.S. intelligence would hold that info if it was true, because I think if that info gets out, it, it really helps push that Ukraine invasion into a different direction. I think that these are all just tin can conspiracies. I think it's false. I think it would have been more strategic if it's true for America to put that information out there. Ken, in R squared, R squared, you're a military guy. I'm going to go to you first on this. Your thoughts from a military standpoint. I was going to let Ken go, but I'll just say this then, you know, first of all, I think there's been a story that Putin has died for the last 10 years. So I'll believe it when I see it. I just don't care about this garbage on the, uh, on the internet. Look, the Putin is dead is single source from a guy who claims to be a former Moscow insider. I mean, no, this is like that old joke on SNL when Chevy Chase's lead, lead off the news with the fact that Franco was still dead. No, (laughs) I wish it but was true. You, when he you dies, they, I'm not going to be crying. You think? But do you think when these stories come out, you think the military or whoever, do you think the FBI and CIA automatically check their sources and find out quickly? Of course enough? they do. That's standard of course, because they need yeah. to know that right away if it's true. Right. But Now, if it was true, if it was true, would you think the U.S. would hold that info back? Or you, do you think it would be, if it was true, would, would you think they'd put that out there to so they could get the upper hand? I think they would be careful about it because, look, if if somebody like Putin dies, especially unexpectedly, uh, then you have a very, very serious power vacuum. And the results of that power vacuum could be far more dangerous to us than if Putin stayed in office because you don't know what's going to happen. And there could be erratic decisions made, military decisions made, other decisions. And so there would be a time when they would, you know, you would have to sit on that for a while until you could reach out and see what was going on inside Moscow, uh, where the power struggles were going to be. Not that we could necessarily interfere, but to understand what was happening. So I could see being careful with the information, but that would be a very short term because anything like that would leak so quickly that you couldn't hold it. I believe there was an episode of 
designated survivor, I think, where he became president and there was an issue where somebody died in, uh, as a leader of a country and the person that was about to take that seat was actually a worse person. Yeah. And they, they had to wait and see, you know, they don't want to, they, they were trying to get this other person to take that seat over because that person was more aligned with the U.S., and they were telling this person, we need to have this election so you can take over. We can't have this. So it's kind of crazy. Ken, your thoughts on that real quick? Yeah, I happen to agree with what Rob said. I mean, I think there's no way they would keep this a secret. No, it would be out wow. in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was a tinfoil site. Um, there was nothing really behind it. But it was good to talk about. Um, again, before we close out the booth, um, Let's get into this topic that just came up because Rob is actually watching this uh, with Tuberville and the comments we made. I want to get into that real quick before I get into the last topic. Asquid, uh, you were trying to watch this and see if anything was going to break on this. Yeah, I have not seen anything released. What we were talking about before the show started was the fact that the Republicans in the Senate got together this afternoon to have a meeting about how to end Tuberville's blockade of military promotions. And uh, I, I'm just curious what they're going to come up with, because there is a bipartisan effort in the Senate to change the rules. They're not changing the rules, though. They're just making an exception that says that you, you uh, that they can do promotions by voice vote and no senator can can block that the way Tuberville's been doing. That's not really the right answer. That would address the immediate problem, of course. But the fact is, every couple of years you get a senator uh, that uses their grotesque authority where one out of a hundred, you know, one senator out of a hundred can automatically block anything they want to. Uh, and, and so that's the rule that needs to be changed. I'm glad that they might get the, the you know, the, the back load of, uh, of promotions through. That's critically important right now, but that's not going to solve the problem because six months from now, uh, you know, name your favorite MAGA Republican, they'll do the same thing on another issue. So we need to fix the problem. But, but this is a, you know, I, so I'm curious what the caucus is going to come up with. All right, so the, you're, you're keeping an eye on that, so I'll have to keep an eye and wait for you to possibly put something up on the corner. Ken, anything to add to that situation? No, I've agreed totally right. with what Rob said. Last thing to talk about, uh, the recent polls have come out, and everybody's up in arms, 51% uh, for Trump, 49% for Biden. Um, everybody's pushing, the MAGA people are pushing the doom and gloom. People forget that Obama was down by this much when he turned Thank it you. around and he won a year later. So these polls, Ken has always said these polls mean absolutely. Actually, I'm going to let you. Ken <laughs> I mean, absolutely nothing. Ken talk let's about start, it. Okay, let's start with the fact that any pollster would tell you you need 5% of the pool before you got legitimate polls. Most of these polls don't have 1%. Number one, number two, polling has really uh, not kept up the times because most polling is still being done by landlines. And the only people with landlines tend to be older, whiter, and more affluent. That means they, they tend to vote more towards the MAGA. And not only that, but as anyone will tell you, right now you're dealing with name recognition. That's all. And Trump's got more rain name recognition than anybody else, including Joe Biden. Well, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Cholera has got a very high name recognition as well. It doesn't mean I'm voting for it. <laughs> uh, Virginia, Andrea Fernandez says there's some margin of error in there also. So that's still a close yeah, race when you when you take in the margin of statistically, error. Statistically, it's statistically a dead heat. 
between Biden and Trump. Yeah, see, see, and everybody's making this big thing. I saw the White House, the, the the Republican papers are saying the White House is downplaying it. No, they're not downplaying it. Not that big of a deal. Forty nine percent to fifty one percent is still kind of a close race. It's still a year out. You still haven't picked your people yet for Republicans, and the Republican Party still hasn't named who they're gonna want for. And I've said this before, and I've said this again. I feel like the Republican GOP is not going to nominate him as their as their guy and that is going to be the shitstorm when that happens that's going to be the problem when that happens um because he's gonna he's gonna unleash hell and that's gonna be a scary moment um we're already seeing it as as our squid said we're already seeing it at the senate and congress levels we've, we've got this gop division that's kind of scary people You've got the MTGs and the, the Lauren Boberts, and you've got these crazy, scary people who are pushing a, a scary agenda. And, you know, and that's a good way to kind of close this out because I know we talk about it every time I got these guys on the show, but, again, there's, there's no better way than to close out election night across the country, let these guys say what they usually say when it comes to this voting and election and what we've got going on. Let Ken go first. Luck, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. All of our listeners, all 12 of you. Luck, stay informed, stay current, and get out and vote, for God's sakes. Thank you. Asquid? Yeah. Another great show. Thanks for tuning in. You know, we always say stay informed, but I'm going to add the caveat, stay informed by credible sources. <laughs> because, no, the, 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 the name of the game right now is so much misinformation out there. And some of it's on purpose. Some of it might be negligent. Some of it may be the pace of the news cycle. But there's just way too much misinformation out there. So, you know, when yes, stay informed, but also make sure you're, you're using multiple sources. Make sure you're using credible sources. Make sure you remember to think and use your brain. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, just remember one thing: Donald Trump is not qualified to be president. Donald Ooh. Trump isn't quali qualified Ooh. to clean a toilet. Ooh. Sammy Sergio says, "Great show, guys! Thank you, thank you, Sammy." And here's my thing to add: you know, we've we've been doing this show for a long time. Uh, these guys have been on here. We've talked about a lot of stuff. And one of the things that I'd like to say about this show is I've seen a lot of people on Facebook that have podcasts and things. And one of the biggest complaints I see. Oh, my podcast got shut down for false this or my podcast in the five in the in the four years of Donald Trump in the years before Donald Trump. I can say this, the booth and these guys who come on with me, not one time has this show been shut down. Not one time has this show been blacked out. Not one time has this show have been labeled or tagged for spreading misinformation or false information. We always are credible with our sources. We're credible with what we put out there. Um, and, 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 you know, I applaud to have two great guys with me on here. And, um, again, you got to stay informed. Last week, these guys weren't on, and I shared a story with a politician, um, Margaret Crowley or somebody. She's on Twitter, and she shared a picture of the Bidens on the beach. And she says, well, this is your president while World War III is getting ready to break out. And it was so ignorant and so stupid because she used an AP photo of Jill and Joe on the beach in 
the first week of August that everybody had already had seen months ago. Yet she had, this woman has 1.2 million followers. And yet she still had hundreds of followers saying, this is why he's not my president. And this is what Rob is talking about. Because it's dangerous. That is absolutely dangerous. You share an AP photo from over three months ago to spread misinformation for your your dangerous narrative? That's scary, Rob, Rob. That is... And these are people voted in at some of the Margaret Cow. I forget what her she was. She was an assistant to Trump and the treasurer. That's who she is, Margaret Crowley. She was in that that cabinet. And for her to share that with all those followers, she's got a little podcast. Oh, it it's scary, people. Scary. So I'm gonna get into these trailers. I've got the trailer for the penguin, and then I got the trailer for minus one, and then SpongeBob will take us home. But here's the trailer for Max. The Penguin with Colin Farrell, right now. This... This is one of those moments. You gotta ask yourself... What kind of life do I want? The world ain't built for guys like us. That's why we gotta take whatever we decide... as ours. Carmine Falco's right hand. Try to push me out. You ain't seen what I can do. If you step out of line, even once, I'll gut you like a goddamn fish. Can you imagine the people saying my name on the streets after you're gone? Have it mean something? <laughs> the new kingpin got them.
ゴジラマイナスワン All right, I want to thank everybody for tuning in the show. These are everybody that has supported the show. Also, the shows that I produce, Oscar Mike Radio, Drafting the Circuits, Ubar Studios, Talk Back with Gloria Shea, Maddie C Sports, The Triangle Offense with Kevin Leto. Also, Platinum City Gaming, every football game, NFL football game. 75 Cent Wings at Platinum City Gaming. Also, don't forget, stop soldier suicide. Walk, walk one mile a day for the month of November. Please make sure to check me out. Hit me up. Make sure to show your support. Also, this Friday night, Steel Cage Showdown, Pro Wrestling Steel Showdown. Get your tickets at eventbrite.com, Brockton VFW. This place packed, sells out. Also, the Veterans Day Parade takes place this Saturday, 10 a.m., 9.30, make sure you're there. Parade kicks off at 10.30. Also, stop and shop. Also, I'm on Tell Street. Go there. You buy the, the, the non-disposable bag, and they're donating $1 to, to veterans. Also, Boom Squad Radio presents their toy drive. It's going on right now. Drop your toys off at the VFW Post 485, uh, 486 in 46 Bedford Street. And um, the New England Professional Baseball League, that kicks off. Tickets will be going on sale. That kicks off in May here in Brockton. We'll run from May to late, uh, early September. May 18th will be the 2024 Influencer Awards, Remy TV. And Viana Marie, pictured here is the model for Kimberly Ann Empowerment Photography. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for your support. SpongeBob, do me a favor. Take us home. See you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here, and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down here. Screw you guys. I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever. Yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it. Bitch, no repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate, but y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak ass hoes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing cause I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit. It's like I'm my own now. I get hurt, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's who is it, I come. W-H-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's who is it, I come.